0: Hi everyone, so welcome back to Books That Box. This is the podcast where I ask people what is the book that had a significant impact on you? Today we have with us Devin Duffy, one of my college buddies from um, my my IUP days back in Pennsylvania. Um, And so Devin, thanks for being with us today and I'm going to give you just a few minutes to tell the people anything that you want about you. Well, I stayed in Indiana <laughs> um, after you, you know, left,
1: I stayed here and I have been teaching at the high school here for, I think this will be my 24th year, I um, at 10th grade. I have a couple clubs that I sponsor and, um, you know, there's, I just, you know, when you asked me to be on this, I, I love to read. Um, my mom caught me reading the cereal box when I was two. Me so too. I don't really, I don't really remember not being a reader. Yeah. Um, so, you know, everything that I kind of do has that, that pull to reading. I just, I think reading, you know, knowledge is power and reading is, is, um, you know, you educate yourself and whatever you're reading. So, um, I was really excited when you asked me to be on the podcast.
0: Well, I used to be a a cereal box reader too. You know, he'd have a little fort of cereal boxes. Oh, yeah. Because of course my siblings and I weren't, you know, going to eat the same cereal every day. Um, (laughs) And I used to be, much to the chagrin of my older brother, I used to be the person that read all of the credits as they came up. Yeah. So like (laughs) as Leave It to Beaver on, we're like, starring Hugh Beaumont. And he'd be like, just shut up. Just shut up. And no, but I'd have to read all of them. Yes. Um, so I was either reading the credits or I was singing the theme songs, neither which um, he appreciated very much. But um, So tell us, what is the book that you have chosen to talk about today?
1: Well, you know, it's funny when you asked about um, books that kind of were pivotal for us. There were so many. Mm-hmm. But I came back to one that was kind of like I don't know if it was a defining moment, but it's been a book that has been such a part of so many aspects of my life. And that is To Kill a Mockingbird*. Oh, um, I love that you have I've, and
0: everything for it. Oh,
1: this is the teacher part I of me. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I originally read it in eighth grade mm-hmm. as a 13 year old, 14 year old, however you are. And now I teach it every year. So I kind of you know, it's kind of come in and out of my, I I think we even had to read it in college for one of the classes. So it's kind of, you know, bookended different parts of my life. So
0: it's like you as a younger reader and now, you know, it's something that stays with you. So what is it about this book that um, you think has created such an impact on you? Um,
1: Well, I I guess there are several answers to that question. And the first one was that um, when I read it originally, I was in the junior high and, you know, the the beginning of the book starts out and I, yes, I have these things marked and I, yes, I'm going to read, Um, when she says Maycomb was a tired old town and um, she, she describes what it was like there. And as I was reading that, you know, it's so sentimental and it's Mm -hmm. so nostalgic and it's, you know, she's six years old and she's just commenting in hindsight about being in her community. And as I'm reading this in study hall, I'm watching them tear down my church out the window. Mm. And it was just kind of like, you know, your hometown, that idea. And I have lived in my hometown almost my whole life. Mm -hmm. But when I first read it, the language is so beautiful. And, Mm And I don't know if I appreciated it cognitively. I just was sort of consumed with the idea of learning about your town and the people in it and all the characters. And, you know, every small town has mm-hmm. those characters and those people and, mm-hmm. and those places that, you know, and we have them here that you're kind of drawn to and counties get. And this was sort of from her perspective. So, you know, I think that that was part of it. Um, and part of it was that it was written by a woman. Yeah. A woman with a gender neutral name. Mm -hmm. And I had, you know, this was a book in eighth grade, seventh grade, it was The Outsiders, Essie Hinton.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Again, a gender neutral name written by a woman. So I think I was, that was when I was kind of starting to learn that that was a career that women could have. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was, there were two parts of it. Um, But I think every time I read it, I pull something else out of it. It's not mm-hmm. one of those books where you read it, oh, that was good, oh, that was okay, and then you put it on the shelf and you never think about it again. Um, you know, Scout stays with me, Atticus mm-hmm. stays with me, Calpurnia stays with me, um, and those characters. So I think, and, and, and I don't think at the time I got any of the, the social justice or the racism mm-hmm. or any of that. It was mostly about the family, um, and and the brother relationship, and the mm-hmm. father, and, and the honesty of that. And, you know, having a community of people. I mean, you talk about uh, it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. Scout and Gem have a village of mm-hmm. people that they can count on. And I think growing up in a small town, we did too. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just our parents. It was their friends, and our neighbors, and our friends' parents. And, you know, you had lots of surrogates that you could, you know, that would counsel you if you if you went off the the trail but Mm -hmm. at at the same time if you needed something you felt confident that you could go to them and say i really need help with this or this or
0: yeah i think you know you and i both grew up in small towns i think my small town might even been smaller than yours um you know and i tell my students this story about like how small town i was like there was when i was 16 my parents had this rule that for the first year that we were driving, we weren't supposed to go outside of town, you know, just because, you know, we were novice drivers and they didn't want us, you know, going off in different directions. And so there was this one time after school that a friend of mine needed a ride home and he technically lived out of town. Um, and so I literally, literally drove him right to his house and, and right back and, um, pulled up in my driveway and my dad who at that time, um, he wasn't usually home at that time. Cause he usually works three to 11, but for whatever reason on this day, my dad was home and he was standing on the porch. He's like, uh, what were you doing out on route eight? And I was like, like I literally just just left there. Had it, How was did like, you know that? Yeah, like somebody had called him and told wow. him that I was out on round eight, and um and so I told him what had happened, and he was like, he's like, did you know you're not supposed to be out there? I'm like, uh, okay, you know, <laughs> and um, but it was like that sense of somebody is always watching. Yes. Um, and so I get, I do get that from To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. And, you know, everybody has a Mrs. Debose somewhere, and yes. Um, um, there's all so, sort of those factors in. So, yeah. yeah, I think if you do come from a small town, you recognize that all the dynamics that exist yes. between, you know, and why everybody knows everything about everybody. Right. Um, that, that comes through in that.
1: And I do wonder if, if um, you know, certainly this book is, is read by high school kids all mm-hmm. over the country, mm-hmm. but I wonder if a kid in a more urban setting or in a setting where you don't have that sense of community. Yeah. Um, what they get from it.
0: Right. And does it seem impossible? Like how, you know, that, uh, that's a, that's a good question. I don't know. That's, um, that's a, that's a thoughtful, does it, does it resonate the same way if you're not from small town Life? life? Yeah. Right.
1: Especially if you're not, if you don't connect to, um, what happens to Tom Robinson and that mm-hmm. idea of, you know, the racial injustice and the social injustice. I don't know. Um, I don't know that you would get the other stuff. And and to be fair, you know, I'm a white kid growing up in a, a mostly white town and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I hate to say those words, but there's really no other way of, of explaining it. Um, we were not a diverse community. Mm-hmm. We were very much, Um, you know, there were, I went to school with kids who were not exactly like me, but there weren't that many Mm -hmm. that I knew. And, and to be honest as well, my parents didn't draw those lines. Yeah. They didn't say those things, you know, my dad taught. So kids were kids, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody was a student and everybody was his football player. And he didn't really, he didn't really draw those lines for us. So I didn't really think about that. Mm -hmm. Um, until I got out into the world and met people who weren't mm-hmm. Irish Catholic, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know,
0: from a small yeah you know,
1: small college yeah. town.
0: Yeah, and and you know, there there was very little diversity in my town either. I think there might have been like one black family, and right. um, the the kids in that family weren't in my grade, so I didn't you know um, have any classes or anything with with them. But um, yeah, I think. When you come from a primarily um, white community, maybe you don't understand all of the the, the underlying racism right. and all of those things. Um, but I th- that brings up a question that I was going to ask you a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to hold off on it for a little while because I want okay. to talk a little bit more about the book, but that, okay. it'll come back to that question. Okay. So, what? It, which character do you feel like um, you most closely resonated with in this book? At the time, the first time I read it, Scout. Scout. Very much so. I was
1: that kid. I was that girl. And remember the Titans with the blonde curly hair that mm-hmm. you know had. I was. I was always looking and seeing and con- You know, commenting and and having opinions and not necessarily in a precocious or obnoxious way, but just. Uh, and i think it's you know we're both english majors we notice things we read you know mm-hmm. um, people watch and things like that so i think scout at the time um, as an adult now miss maddy
0: mm, because really? i
1: have i have i don't have any children of my own as you know but i mm-hmm. do have children in my life and teenagers and young mm-hmm. adults um whether they're related or neighbors friends or or that sort of thing and certainly teaching you know i feel like at this point, Miss Maudie was really a voice that I didn't realize at the time was profound, but now I, I connect with her. It's having the ability to, you know, a couple of times in the novel, she says, she explains Atticus to Scout and Jem. Mm-hmm. She's that, and, and my parents did that. Well, what your mother really means is, what your father really means is. Mm-hmm. And I think that Miss Maudie gets the chance to say from a different voice, not a parent voice, but a trusted adult voice. Hey, look, it's not going to be like this forever. Right. And, and you can make a difference. You can, you know, you'll, you'll learn from this and, and not everybody's bad and, and, you know, having that ability. I mean, I still find myself saying that to kids all the time. So, and as teachers, you know, we have that, that gift that we can impact more Mm -hmm. than, if I were in another profession, so.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so I think you know Scout at the time, but for sure Miss Maudie now.
0: Miss Maude, now, no. um, and I, I thought that there might be a moment there where you went to Atticus because I think you know Atticus is is that um, yeah. I don't think I could live up to Atticus. I don't know that I could either. I, I always it's thought pretty. that would I be brave enough to be Atticus in a.
1: Well and I wasn't even thinking brave so much as as he's kind of a gold standard for morality and mm-hmm. and you know always doing the right thing and you know at that at the end of the novel when he thinks that jem killed uh killed bob Yule mm-hmm. he's willing to put his son through the system
0: mm-hmm.
1: because he knows that that's what's right, and right. I don't think most people no would do that especially not now right um when there's an excuse for everything but right um but even at the time i think parents first instinct and it should be mm-hmm. the first instinct is is to protect your children mm-hmm. and i think he he wrestles with between that and and that law that mm-hmm. part of him so i i would love to be like i <laughs> i would love to believe that i am but i think um I don't think I've ever been tested. Yeah. The way he um, the way he has been. Yeah. But you know what, to be fair, maybe I haven't stepped up to the test either.
0: Yeah, and I that's sort of how I feel. Like uh, like for me Atticus is aspirational um but he's almost um not human in his yes. in his perfectness and um and I think that's a hard, like you. I think that's a hard thing to live up to, and, and I don't know if I would. I'm sure I would be per- imperfect in 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 those ways. But and he but doesn't yeah, really
1: in this one. He really doesn't have those imperfections. I think mm-hmm. if you read Ghosts at a Watchman, the
0: the next one. I still haven't read it, and no, yeah, and <laughs> I don't know why. I just. um I have had several people who have read it and have expressed disappointment. In yes. It. And um, I just don't know if, uh, if I am ready to go there yet.
1: Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, when you have an experience that is so special, yeah. you don't necessarily want to revisit it because it might. Like uh, they live in that bubble of the 1930 or Mm -hmm. early forties. And, and, you know, it, it ends for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, It has closure for me. Mm -hmm. Um, In my mind, you know, Jem goes on to be an attorney who is actually successful in the things that Mm -hmm. his father was not able to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Um, And he does so because of what he witnesses with Tom Robinson. Um, And, you know, I envision certain things for them and, when that doesn't happen mm-hmm. I, I just I couldn't finish the book I started in and couldn't move on because I didn't want to take away from my experience with yeah. with Mockingbird it but would what? be like having a sequel to Gatsby I don't know that I want to ha- know what happens no. No. After. I think I'm I'm good I
0: don't need well, to know yeah. what happens
1: with, with Tom Cannon
0: no and and I don't care Daisy. like after Daisy has done what she's done I don't care what happens to Daisy right like right. she's, I'm done with her. Right. Um, and I remember one of the things I do remember, um, you know, since you mentioned the, the ending of that story, um, I just remember being so disappointed in, in the town in yes. the way oh, that, that um, Mockingbird ended. And um, there was a hopefulness in, in the way that Atticus and a few other town members acted. And then yes. I, I would just remember, you know, when that book ended feeling like that hopefulness was gone and, uh, and that, um that here was an opportunity for people to, to get it. And yeah. And so many didn't get it. And right. Um and I recognize as an adult that, you know, that was the time period and hopefully we've progressed farther than that, but sometimes I'm not sure we have. No. Um, no. And um I mean certainly this summer has proven that Yeah. And then it yeah. makes me wonder will we will we get to that place? Will you know, I have to believe in a in an optimistic way that we're going to get to that place. Yeah. But God, we're some slow learners, right?
1: We certainly are. And and I think a lot of of people I know myself and, and you know, a lot of my colleagues, I think as educators, we're, we're sort of, I don't know if we, we feel an obligation, I think, yeah. to, um, you know, there were a lot of book recommendations going around and I read The Color of Law. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you've heard of that before. It, it talks about, um, you know, the governmental because of of housing and, and socioeconomics of, of a certain time period, and then the the law or the the government's influence, it actually created more racism when they had the opportunity mm-hmm. to take away from that you know in terms of segregation and housing and different things and um, you know that's it kind of it kind of stuck with me that. You know, there are institutions in place who actually feed into Mm -hmm. because in in that color of law, in in New York and in Chicago, Detroit, San Francisco, it wasn't the people that wanted to be segregated. It was the government who stepped in and separated them Mm -hmm. uh, for no other reason than to control. And so, you know, for me, you said at the end, the characters, I think hectate. I remember thinking at the time. Why didn't he do something, Mm -hmm. you know, but then maybe he will next time, like maybe he'll find, I think there are ways to make change without standing on the table with a bullhorn and screaming at people. We need those people. Yeah. But we also, you know, I can in my classroom make sure that certain things happen and and I'm aware and, and of certain things so that I can, you know whether it's color of skin or orientation or mm-hmm. whatever it is i can make sure kids know that they're valued for who they are
0: mm-hmm. not
1: what they are mm-hmm. and if that can be one moment in addition to what they're hopefully getting at home mm-hmm. when they see especially if it's a kid that's different from me right and they know that they're valued you know that um, in that way i think that can make a difference so i think hectate for me was one of those characters who just kind of had the opportunity Mm -hmm. to be the big voice and, and didn't feel like he could because of his job, but, you know, he can, um, you know, he's the one that, that asked Atticus to try the case and he could have given it to anybody. Right. But he knew Atticus Mm -hmm. would do the job. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the fact that, that Atticus took that case farther and had more success, not ultimate success. Right. But, you know, he kept them out for longer than normal. And, you know, those kind of baby steps are frustrating, but we need big steps now. And that needs to happen.
0: So I don't know if you're a member of like the 17 Facebook groups for teachers. Two of them. (laughs) Two of them. (laughs) Which ones? Because you might be the same Um, ones. A
1: secondary ELA. Me too. And Google Classroom.
0: Okay, so there's ones out there for AP Lit and AP Lang that, um, okay. that I am on to. And so this summer brought about a lot of conversations, and this is the question I wanted to ask you, um, about um, people seeing To Kill a Mockingbird as a problematic text yes. um, because of the, of the whole white savior syndrome. Yes. Um, and so I'm interested uh, in what your thoughts are on, about that because I had some thoughts too.
1: Um, well, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I started doing some research on the Scottsboro boys. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you, Mm -hmm. I do, if Mm -hmm. if you do. Um, and that kind of provided an opportunity for kids to see that, you know, this is the NAACP was stepping in Mm -hmm. and even the, um, the Communist Party was stepping Mm -hmm. in and doing some things. And, um, but, but, that spurred some conversations. And then, you know, I too, I, I get it. You know, we need to disrupt the texts. And I, and I understand yeah. that. And, and that was a lot of this summer was spent looking for texts that you could pair with. And I think this year I'm going to do some paired work with Just Mercy. Yeah. Um, because there again, you have um, an attorney, a young attorney, who is fighting for um, a woefully, wrongfully accused right. man. Um, and and goes through trials and, and is subject. Both of them, both the client and the attorney, are subject to just horrific mm-hmm. racism. And and that wasn't too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, when you read about that case, and and I don't, I can't speak to the absolute particulars of that, but when you read about that case, just like To Kill a Mockingbird, it astounds your logic that mm-hmm. people could actually believe this. Mm-hmm. Um, but there again you know the, the attorney who was fighting for him mm-hmm. was african-american
0: mm-hmm.
1: and is african-american i think he's still mm-hmm. alive so um you know that kind of that kind of moves that conversation mm-hmm. um back to okay so what do we do about mm-hmm. stuff like this and i think that you know social justice is a real thing and i think this this generation of kids understands that and they see yeah. that and um and so that's where the conversation, you know, we can be advocates, we yeah. can be, um, we can be partners, mm-hmm. but we can't nullify the voices from the community that matter. Right. And, um, and I think that those are the conversations that we need to have. Mm-hmm. And especially, like I said, in, in my school, that is not completely uh, one color, but it is predominant. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and so I think that um, you know, I think that that's going to be kind of the plan for, for what I do um, and pair those texts and go back and forth and talk about, you know, the literary aspects of it, but also the social aspects of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, Atticus, there wasn't a, an African-American attorney no. who could have stood up for Tom Robinson um, and he didn't save him. No. Um, and in Just Mercy, we do have African-American mm-hmm. attorneys. So that's, I think, kind of where I'm going with it. Um, is it perfect? No. And, and so, you know, there's a lot of supplemental work that yeah. needs to happen. But, and I, and I you know, it's a, it's a conservative community. So moving mm-hmm. away from traditional texts is, it, um, it meets a lot of uh, resistance. Yeah. So I think, you know, pairing them doesn't. So I can bring that together.
0: Right. And I sort of also looked at it like I totally get the point of, you know, decrying this this concept of of the white savior, but um I look at it like, you know, from a person who grew up in a community that was predominantly white and 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 very little diversity. I, I really sort of look at this book as being a book that's about um when you have when you have some level of power, you have a responsibility to use that power to help those who don't have the power. And so for me, it isn't about, you know, um, this white guy Atticus coming in and and being the savior. It's about, um, when, when you see there are those that don't have a voice and those who are, are being, um, you know, Persecuted in some way, it's your it's your responsibility to do something about it, Um, and that's sort of how I look at it. And I get the point. I get what what people are saying about it, Uh, and I think a lot of that depends on who your audience is. Like you know, if you have an audience that is, um, you know, wildly diverse, maybe this isn't isn't the right book for that group. Right. Um, Or maybe you know you have to consider the different things, but I still think there is some relevance in showing that, you know, here is a person um who uh maybe even reluctantly took on this case, but took it on and and um did absolute best that he could with it right in order to um do what he believed was the right thing. And that's what I think this book is about is is doing the right thing in the midst of those who don't want you to do the right thing or who are afraid of of people doing the right thing. Um, and that's kind of what I took away from it. So I, I think it's all about your audience and, yes. and and where you are coming from in that. So, but I was interested in that discussion as I was seeing that unfold.
1: Yes. I was as well. And you know, this year, you know, we talk about social emotional learning and things, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, career readiness. But I think that for me, with the texts that I've chosen, um, my theme this year is going to be. Actions have consequences, Mm -hmm. and I think you know he takes that on, and he takes it on, and he defends his client. He doesn't Mm -hmm. defend his black client. He defends his client. Mm -hmm. And are there consequences? Sure, he gets Mm -hmm. you know spit in his face, and he is name calling, and his kids get called names, and
0: you Uh, know, kids are attacked.
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, (laughs) there is that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, but I also think that that's the lesson is, you know, and, and, you know, sadly we lost um, Senator Lewis Mm -hmm. and, you know, that get in trouble, get in good Mm -hmm. trouble, necessary trouble. And I think the idea um, that sometimes you have to put yourself on the line Mm -hmm. with the right reason. And I think that that's, um, you know, that's gonna be the way the conversation is. And I think with the predominantly white audience in my classes, that's the key is, Mm -hmm. you know, that you may not have experienced these things, but you can be an ally. Right. And, and you can stand up and speak up. And and you have a
0: responsibility to be an ally.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And, and there are lots of small ways to do that, but don't miss the big pitches either, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's, I think how I'm going to handle it. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't sadly get to work with it Th- this past year, because um, of the pandemic, mm-hmm. we just didn't have the opportunity to do that. So, I'm sorry that these current juniors did not get to read *To Kill a Mockingbird*. But, um,
0: well, hopefully, that's something that you know that they'll be immer- they'll immerse themselves with, either either yeah. that particular text or other texts that sort of, yeah. you know, um, focus on the on the same kind of principles. Yeah. Um so, yeah, so i think i i i I get where you're going with that, um and I do think that there is an opportunity here to to like you said pair with some other um, modern writings and yes. and um and share with those but so um you know, we've talked about um uh my love for Aaron Sorkin's writing <laughs> um, delicious the delicious it really writing. is like i I wish wish I could write like him um yes or really I don't I don't even know if I wish that I could write like him as much as I would like to speak the words that he writes um yes I just I don't, I don't know um so well and also something. I
1: would like to see I would like him to write more
0: yeah um <laughs> so Aaron, if you're out there um <laughs> pluck me from from the <laughs> obscurities of life and there you go and let me give speech to your language yeah. um and if Rob Lowe's there that's not a bad thing for me no either. No. um or do so, like hill right so I'm, <laughs> I'm cool with either one of those um but you know he's written the the stage uh version of to kill yes. bird which i have not read me either and i have not seen nope um either. but i am excited for when that comes about
1: well and you know the original uh the original i don't know the theater term but the original run of that on broadway yeah. i guess is the best way to say that uh, jeff daniels mm-hmm. played and i don't know if you watched the newsroom which was also written yes by aaron of course
0: look if aaron sorkin wrote it right. I, I have put forth the effort to watch it
1: <laughs> but i thought that jeff daniels because I, I wasn't really a fan of his comedy stuff i'm not yeah. really that's not my jam yeah but um but him as Atticus, I thought that was such a good choice Yeah, because he's got that presence and he can mm-hmm. carry those words. Clearly he can carry the words. So yeah. Um, yeah, I would have loved to have seen that. It just didn't work out, but yeah. yeah. Well,
0: yeah. I know that when, you know, like we have a a pretty big theater area here. And um, in fact, our, we have a, a it's called the Durham uh, Performing Arts Center that's been up for don't know is it 10 or 15 somewhere in the house 15 or 20 years i don't know but it's fairly new in terms of in, in terms of you know theater areas um but it's gotten like huge like we are always nominated as one of the best you know oh nice theaters of our size and so several years ago um i realized that all i do is grade (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. so a friend of mine and I, we decided we were buying season tickets oh, to, nice. to the theater and, um, and we were coincidentally, we're also getting mini season tickets to the Durham bulls so that like, ah, we would actually, you know, go out and do things as opposed to just stay home and grade. And um, so for the last three, four, maybe might be the last four years. I've had tickets to the Performing Arts Center, and um, I know that eventually it's going to come here. I know yes. it will eventually get here, so I will eventually get to see it. Um, but I want to hear I, all about that, right? It's going to be so good, and I'm going to have to like make sure no one around me speaks while anything <laughs> is being said on stage. I'm like, shh, it's Zorkin speaking. <laughs>
1: Well, and you know, I don't know if you ever, if you went to see Gatsby in the theater, this latest
0: version. Of I Gatsby. did because okay. my AP kids, it was so funny. My AP kids um, were reading it at the time that it was being released and they desperately wanted to go see it. And so we finished the book on a Tuesday and on Wednesday we all went, we all met, cause they're all seniors. So, or they were juniors at the time. So they could all drive. And, um, so we all, after school one day, we all met at one of the theaters and we went and we saw it together.
1: Nice.
0: And, um, and I was disappointed, but, um, that was a whole whole other discussion. I had to go see it twice because I had some kids who couldn't make the first round. So you went, so I, and I was better the second time, but the first time you could tell they were all watching me like, (laughs) like, yeah. And I was like, that's not how it happened. Like. (laughs) I was, just, so anyway, so tell me what you were going to say, and then I'm going to ask you some questions about that.
1: Okay. Um, well, all I was going to say was, I hope that my experience with Gatsby doesn't happen with Mockingbird for you, because I went to see it, and it was like an afternoon Saturday kind of showing. It was a theater field with, you know, middle-aged women, yeah. and, you know, not a lot of teenagers were there. Yeah. But as the movie's starting, you know, people are saying... Well, that's not how that happened, and that's not, and I just want to turn around and scream. We all read the book. Shut up and watch the movie. <laughs> you know, just let us, just let us experience it. So I think the danger is that you know people go to see movies like that, and then they, you know, they comment out loud about. And I noticed there was a lot of things about. There were some things I liked, but there were some things I didn't. And that's um, what you're going to get with Baz
0: Lerman, because Baz right. Lerman is going to always. Yes. Um the limit. I, I don't know if I wanna use this word bastardize the text in some form. Yes. You know, like if you look at Romeo and Juliet and Mercutios like a you know, like a meth fiend or or <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, okay, that I have a real problem with that. But um you have to expect a little bit of that with Baz Luhrmann. You're gonna get lots of glitz, but you're going to right. also get some sort of twisted interpretation. Right. Um, but what was it about Gatsby that most disappointed you? Um, well uh that nick was an alcoholic yes he was i was so alcoholic. bothered yeah and the, and the implication that he was in some sort of mental institution yes yeah i'm like he's the freaking moral voice yes. of the whole book yes he's the only one that see finally it takes him a while but yes. he's the only one that finally sees daisy and tom for what yep. they are yep. and you're gonna well in a mental institution he says
1: in chapter two and i hate to be an english teacher about this but he says that he'd only been drunk twice in his life yeah how do you go from that to morbid alcoholic right and i mean and, i guess
0: what they're trying to say is that he was so disappointed then you know it drove him to drinking but like but no you can't yeah. reduce the moral code of the book right to to a drunken fool like a, right. mm, i was so bothered
1: and the other thing that really bothered me was um the death scene with Myrtle. Mm-hmm. It needs to be brutal. Mm-hmm. It is brutal, the action, but also the fact that, you know, this overprivileged, yeah. you know, wealthy character has no regard for anybody right. but herself. Right. And it needs, I mean, there was an A&E version. I don't know if you ever saw that with um, Mir Servino and Paul Rudd. Uh-uh. and. I had shown that in class for years, and I always warn the kids that, you know, when you get to that scene, you're going to hear mm-hmm. thump, 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 the car going over the body, and it is disturbing. It needs to be. We need to be disturbed by that. Right. Good literature is supposed to disturb you or right. Right. make you think, but in the movie, um, she just floats up into bubbles, mm-hmm. and it's, it's the least disturbing. I mean, it's not, as it needs to be brutal, and it wasn't. yeah. So. yeah. But, yeah. you know, and, and I didn't think some of the character, the casting really reflected my interpretation of some of the characters. No. Um, I thought the party scenes were fine. Yeah.
0: I mean, I <laughs> thought it was visually entertaining. But, all Baz Luhrmann's are. Yes. Um, but I was, I was really bothered by the portrayal of yeah, that. I was really like that. You're, you missed the entire point of the book in my mind. Right. Once you portray Nick in that way.
1: Yeah. And, and I don't think that Aaron Sorkin will do that with Martha. I do not think that. I do not
0: either. I think that that will. I
1: understand the idea that when you have a text that's, yeah. I don't know, what, however many pages long. And so, you know, the great thing about the book is that you have all these little vignettes. You know, you have Mrs. Mm. DuBose and the flower garden and you've got the fire and the snow and all those things that never made the movie. Yeah, because the movie would be seven hours long, right? And so I understand that, but at the same time, I think that the core of the text is the trial. Yeah, and I think that Aaron Sorkin will do that justice. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you want so. the truth? You can't <laughs> handle the truth. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I think that what we will see is, I think we'll see a less perfect Atticus. Yes, because I, would... I do think that a Sorkin. You know, if I'm even just going based on the characters in West Wing, though they are um, committed and, in, you know, intend to do the right good thing, they all have their own weaknesses and flaws of, flaws, of, yeah. of, of pride or, right. or um, you know, vengeance or, or whatever it is. They, right. they, are, they are truly human characters. Yes. And I think we'll see a humanization of Atticus in that.
1: And and I don't necessarily think that that's bad. No, um, especially in, in a modern representation of yeah. it. Yeah, you know, when the film was made and when the book was written, um, and I hate to go here because I think it's sometimes it feels like a cop out, but things were different, times were different, mm-hmm. people didn't call out those kind of things, and and yeah. and I think in some ways we needed to have mm-hmm. those perfectly moral characters, and I think mm-hmm. now we understand hopefully some of us understand that, you know, Jed Bartlett was not a perfect man, Mm-mm. but as a, as a character, as that president, he still inspired people and he right. still, you know, was able to affect positive change. Right. And, and the same thing with, you know, Josh and CJ and Sam, mm-hmm. like all those characters. And I think that Atticus can be less perfect
0: and still be effective. Right. Still be aspirational. Still be someone yes. that is yes. Is someone that, that we recognize as, as doing what, what they believe is the right thing to do. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is what we need. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We need, we need to know that as a society, we do not have to be perfect to be our best for right. each other. Right. And so
0: I think and, that's- and, we- and you can speak up for others even if you do so in an imperfect way. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Dev. So, um, have we said everything there is to be said?
1: Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, um, what is the thing that you want? Let's, let's end it with this. What is, what is the thing you want your students to come away from with this book? What do you hope um, stays with them? I hope I hope they appreciate what
1: I did when I first read it was the, the language and, mm-hmm. and that connection that you can have with your town. And, you know, even though Indiana is a lot bigger than it was at the time, I, it was still a small town. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also really hope that especially in these times, you know, as, as, and, and this summer certainly wasn't the first incident, mm-hmm. but it was the latest incident that, uh, you know, has reminded us that we need to do better. And, um, and I think that that's what I hope that they have a little bit of Atticus in them mm-hmm. um, and a little bit of gem in them, you know, be mm-hmm. upset by what you see. Um, it's okay to shed a few tears, but then don't forget that you saw it. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, kind of become the person who fights for those things. Like, like you see from, yeah. from others. And um,
0: Go ahead. Um,
1: I think too, you know, you don't have to be a lawyer to make a difference. Um, Atticus is, but that doesn't mean that you can't take what he did and apply that to, you know, being a doctor or a nurse or an accountant or a shop owner or a chef or, um, you know, a teacher or a police yeah. officer or a um, or Boo tech. Or Boo, or Boo Radley.
0: Yes. Which we didn't even talk about Boo Radley. We did about
1: Boo Radley. But, um, uh, and I think that, you know, the whole Boo Radley thing, that, you know, that's an interesting idea that um, kids always don't want to know what's wrong with them. Yeah. And it's hard to define what's wrong with them. He just, um, you know, and I always tell them that just because you're different that, than other people doesn't mean that you can't, have relationships and, and see the world and try to make, you know, he protects those kids makes we go, right we go back through um, and talk about the fact that he put the blanket on scout and mm-hmm. left those toys for them. And, you know, he's sort of honestly just looking out for the mm-hmm. people he thinks are more vulnerable, right. even though he's actually vulnerable as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really good discussion to have that, you know, Boo Radley, in right. some ways, and look and out. You do it and
0: and you can do it quietly. You don't have yes. to do it with great fanfare. You can nope. take care of others, and and even if you are a person who's not, for lack of a better term, brave enough to face the spotlight, right. there are still um, contributions that you can make. There are things right. that you can do to help others that um, that don't necessarily have to bring attention to yourself if that's something right. that you're not comfortable with.
1: Well, and you know, we also talk about you know talk about the minor characters, and there are so many in mm-hmm. this in this text. But Ophus Raymond, yeah, you know, he has his his wife, so to speak, is um, is African American, and his mm-hmm. children are biracial, mm-hmm. and he carries that Coke mm-hmm. Coke bottle around in the brown paper bag, mm-hmm. and you know, they don't. What? Why does he do that? And I think a lot of that has has to do with, you know, if if he stands on a table and screams at the town, they'll run him out and he won't have that. He won't, he, you know, he won't have that community either. But just sort of quietly being something that they see mm-hmm. and eventually maybe will begin to accept the the, the choices that he's made for his life. Mm-hmm. But he needs to give them a reason for mm-hmm. why he's done what he's done. And being mm-hmm. drunk is the reason they understand. Right. Um, but then they still have to, see him with his family and mm-hmm. and you know hopefully as time goes on become more and more comfortable with that image. And I think, you know, there are lots of ways that you can affect change. Yeah. You don't have to be a lawyer. You don't have to stand on the table with Bullhorn. But you, you can just live your
0: life in an open way or in you- an
1: open way and treat people with dignity and respect and be an ally for those who need it. And you know, those are all the things I think that resonate with me out of that text. And I hope that kids take that as well and know that, you know, like this book was written in the fifties. It was set in the late thirties, early forties, but not a lot has changed. And, and I think we have to keep coming back to that. Why? Yeah. And what can we do? Um, you know, any of us do.
0: So, that's really what do you think the role of mrs dubose was in this book
1: um i think to signify the old way of thinking and she is legitimately old Mm -hmm. um and the kids also you know why why does jem get so mad when she dies and you know that's a, a conversation too but um and 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 they don't really understand in this day and age why Atticus thought her um, going clean and sober before her death, knowing she was dying, was brave, was an act of courage. And um, and so there's a lot, we talk about how, you know, courage comes in lots of different forms too. And, you know, having the courage to get right with yourself before you meet whoever's in that next realm is tough. Um, it's, it's easy to just turn your back on your mistakes and not, you know, not come clean li- literally and, mm-hmm. and, you know, face what you've done. Does she face being an ugly racist? No, she does not. Mm-hmm. But does she face being a drug addict? Yes, she does. And mm-hmm. she, and she turns that around. And
0: so, and does she see compassion in others that hopefully, you know, will inspire her to be more compassionate, or at least people who see her to be more compassionate
1: um, i don 't think she has the time to do that because she dies no. so quickly after that no, but, but as I think a
0: reader do we see that yes and, I think yeah.
1: we see that yeah and and the fact that you know Atticus made them read to this woman as punishment, mm-hmm. but really it was to comfort her, mm-hmm. and I think you know th- having having that perspective as a kid. Knowing that adults make decisions for, there are lots of layers to those decisions, is a is a growing up moment Mm -hmm. um, for kids too. So, yeah, I think that the characters, the the smaller characters in this text, you know, um, look at you. uh, um, Oh, what's her Yule, Mayela Yule. Mm -hmm. I mean, the things that have happened to her in her life. And she's terrified of her father mm-hmm. and should be because he's, you know, mm-hmm. um, and having those conversations, that's a tough conversation to talk about that situation because you never know who has experienced those kinds of, mm-hmm. of issues. But I think, you know, I think the, this generation is more compassionate because they understand that that stuff happens. Um, they still hate what she did but they have a better understanding of why she did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we need to, you know, you see all these um, posters and, and um, phone covers and t-shirts and whatever that say, you know, be kind. You never know what somebody else is going through. And I think mm-hmm. that Mayela is one of those characters that it would be very easy to hate her. And I do hate what she did, but, I understand that this is a a girl who has never had the opportunity to be any better Mm -hmm. than what she is um, because of a horrible human being who, um, you know, who brought her into this world. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. But but yeah, I mean, I think the characters are really, um, are really rich. And I think that that's, you know, we talked at the beginning about, um, you know, I'd, I'd always been a reader, and and you and I grew up in a time when I think it was the adolescent lit. You know, it's really the the beginning of, of mm-hmm. that sort of you know with um, Judy Bloom and Essie mm-hmm. Hint. But um, but I think, I think Harper Lee was different for me because it, it changed the game. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I loved those writers, but Harper Lee was a female, mm-hmm. a writer, and. You know, I had always been a reader, and I was at that time in my life where I was dabbling with, you know, bad poetry, <laughs> and um, and I think that those female writers, those women writers at the time, that resonated with me, have kind of given me that sort of in my brain that I can do that too. Yeah, that's I have the capability of doing that too.
0: And I think for young readers, having the narrator be a young you know, character, having Scout yes. be the sort of the, the, the lens of this book, mm-hmm. um, I think is something that as a young reader, you know, you appeal, are appealed. Yes. Or, or like I said, you find appealing or are attracted by that as well.
1: It's, it's, it's reachable. Mm-hmm. You know, it it doesn't seem like, you know, it's not Shakespeare, mm-hmm. which is tough at that age because it was written by a you know, you you don't necessarily have Romeo and Juliet, notwithstanding. You don't have mm-hmm. a lot of teenage or younger characters, mm-hmm. and certainly not as a narrator. But you know, Scout six, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that that's where the humor comes from because six year olds yeah. are funny. But it's also told in hindsight, so you have sort of the mature voice coming right. out of a six year old's mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I I like that too. So. Yeah, but good writers make you want, I mean, Aaron Sorkin, you know, it makes you want to be a writer. It makes you want to do those things. So yeah. Or an actor or an actor. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, that I, I, yeah, I think there's a lot of very rich characters in that text. Yes. That, um, yeah. That come through and show you, um, you know, we didn't even talk about Calpurnia, but you know, Calpurnia is that.
1: Oh uh, yes. The scene, I think mm-hmm. the scene for Calpurnia, um, that really, there are two scenes with Calpurnia that really stand out for me. And the one is when she takes the kids to church, mm-hmm. to her church. Um, and mm-hmm. they see her in her own community. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she's very proud to take the kids mm-hmm. to her church. And, and they really love it. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's that moment. But I think the other one is um, later on in the book when um, Aunt Alexandra, who I just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and I hate her so much the kids know I hate her um, mm-hmm. but she's having that tea for her little ladies group and Miss Roddy's right. there and Calperni is there and um, she forces Scout to wear a dress mm-hmm. and they're having this little tea and Atticus calls and tells them um, that Tom Robinson is dead
0: mm-hmm.
1: and for that moment those four women all the boundaries go away and they are just feeling this just despair Mm -hmm. for that moment and for each for different reasons i mean alexandra it's about her brother and Mm -hmm. calpernia it's about a member of her community and Mm -hmm. and scout is just it's a it's a you know, a moment mm-hmm. where she grows up a little bit. So you have that. But those, I think, are my two favorite Calpurnia. Uh, that and when she takes Scout, and when Scout um, calls out the little, the boy at the dinner table for yeah. lunch, all over everything, yeah. and she takes her into the other room, and she she does what a mother would
0: do. Yes. That's yeah. what my
1: mother would have done. She yep. would have said, if you can't behave and, and treat your company the way they deserve to be treated you, Eat out here like, that's
0: right you can get away from the mother, table it's a mother yeah.
1: moment so yeah in fact the kids you know and 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 that's an interesting question who and is it speaks man? to
0: the relationship between Atticus yes. and Calpurnia the Atticus you yes. know yes. has essentially you know um treated Calpurnia like someone, like a like like she's a member of the family because she feels yes you know that she can act like a member of the yeah. family yeah
1: it's almost they're not romantic partners but they are partners in raising correct. kids correct and and i think you know miss Maudy is not as much of that it's more of the aunt yeah, role. yeah. that's miss Maudy would be how i treat my niece and nephews yeah where capernia is in there every day yeah and raising them and treating teaching them how to be you know good kids and, right. and good people and so yeah um And and So those are sort of my three favorite Calpurnia moments, but yeah, there, there are a lot of really good characters. I mean, it's Caroline and, and the scene with Miss Gates, the teacher, Mm -hmm. uh, where she's on the courthouse steps Mm -hmm. and she makes a comment about the African-American community getting what they deserve Mm -hmm. and Scout hears it and realizes she's a hypocrite mm-hmm. because she went off about Hitler and Germany in mm-hmm. some class. And, you know, the kids and I talk about how, you know, the first moment where you realize that adults aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have an adult who, who you kind of elevated and then you realize that they're not the person you thought they were. That's heartbreaking the first time you have that mm-hmm. um experience. And um, it's also a growth moment for Scout. So, Mm -hmm. but that's what I really love about the novel. You have all these little vignettes and they all sort of run alongside of the big narrative of trial. So, but yeah, I, this book to me kind of, I mean, it's always been a part of my life. Yeah. So, but it's, um, it's certainly not the only one.
0: No, no. It's sometimes hard you. to choose, right?
1: It was very hard to choose, yes. I could have gone in several different directions. What was second runner-up? Um, Dear Martin.
0: Oh, nice.
1: It was written by Nick Stone. Um, she wrote this, I forget when. It was just a few years old. But, um, but that, yes. This book, I think about this book every day. Well, then we'll just have to do another episode on
0: that one. Okay, we can do that. We'll do another episode on that. We can do that. All right. Well, thanks, Devin. I so appreciate you talking with us today. Super fun. Yes. And um, be thinking about Dear Martin. We'll come back and do that one uh, on another day. Cool. That'd be great. All right. Thanks, Dev. Thank you. Bye.